All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 403 Sports 1440. Uh, the Onion in Leftbridge asks, uh, guys, why well, I saw the NHLPA supporting Anderson's appeal. Why are they always so quick to defend the offender but never have done anything about the victim injured? Onion's a good question. Um, basically because both are members of the association, they have to protect them. It is a weird situation. There's no doubt in my mind. Right. Um, I, and Terry, this may be a better question for you. I haven't been a former uh, member of the PA, but, uh, I guess they, they don't want to, they can't pick and choose. I guess it's like a defense attorney. You, you know what? Uh, although I think a defense attorney can still pick their cases, but, um, you know what? If you're a member of the union, then you have the right to, to an appeal. That's just part of the process, but it definitely doesn't look great, right? Where it looks like the PA is like, Oh yeah, we support the guy here, but yeah, we really support you, Patrick. But you know what? If Anderson gets one fewer game, oh well. So it, it's definitely a, a mixed message kind of situation. Yeah. I always found that. <laughs> I mean, it's the nature of it though, right? What else are you going to do? Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's a judgment call. I get it, but it, it is, um, yeah. There, there seems to be a little bit of a kink in the system there, right? Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know really how else you'd get away with it. Uh, also, uh, hey, uh, con man, I'm pretty sure that's my buddy, the Onion. There's not many people nicknamed the Onion, and he's also in Lethbridge. I got to check out number, but I'm pretty sure it is. It's unreal. It's one of the greatest nicknames of all time, the Onion. <laughs> oh, awesome. He's the beauty of a guy. Nice. Because uh, I think his nephew's getting married. Daniel might be coming to town soon. Feel free to call me. Uh, let's get to our footy report brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Where the rates never change. No overtime chart. If all of a sudden you woke up today and you're like, Bruh, furnace isn't really up to speed, call Legacy. They'll come fix it tonight. No overtime charges. I'll tell you about the legacy at legacyheating.ca as we are joined from One Soccer and the CBC Sports. Andy Petrillo joins us once again. And uh, Andy, your spidey sense was uh, bang on a few weeks ago when you said uh, you thought that uh, Christine Sinclair was going to retire and uh, she had the post with her cleats tied on the uh, uh, over the goalpost. And, and obviously she is retiring. Uh, she's the, uh, you know, she retires with quite the legacy, having won an Olympic gold medal. Uh, the most goals ever by a woman in, in professional uh, football slash soccer. It's an amazing career, but man, those are some real big cleats to fill. Like, I don't even know if you can realistically. Like, what, what what's the option here for the national program uh, when they move? Because they knew it was inevitable, but still, that's a that's a pretty big space now opened up. It is. Um, and I mean, this is, as you mentioned, I mean, it was expected news, but it's still sad news because at 40 years of age, she made her senior team debut at 16. There's a generation of Canadians who grew up watching this sport, only knowing her to be in it. 
they don't really know soccer without her. They fell in love with this game, many of them, because of her. So it's really hard. I know, you know, for the next few weeks to the end of the year, because they do have four more games. They have these games coming up Saturday in Montreal. Um, then they're going to play on the 31st uh, in Halifax. Both those games will be against Brazil. They just announced today, December 1st, December 5th, out west in BC, where she's from. They're going to play another two games. Those will be against Australia. So she's going to have this proper little four-game uh, farewell tour. Um, you know, so, I mean, again, it's like th- this is all we've we've ever known, really, is is Christine Sinclair. That's how long she's been around, as you mentioned. 190 goals. That's all-time international goal score. It's men and women. She owns the most goals at 119 internationally. And uh, we're saying goodbye to her. And you're right. This is, a, this is a generational player, and I know we throw that phrase around a lot. And I think we kind of obviously need to stop. But she truly is this generational player, and I think at some point, you know, we, the media, the fans, and even maybe Canada soccer itself, stop saying who's going to be the next Christine St. Clair. Because you realized there's not going to be one, at least not for a very long time. And I feel like once this team accepted that, then it started to breathe a little bit as far as scoring by committee. Because there was a lot of pressure, if a lot of people follow this game closely, it was on Jordan Heidema. There was always this belief she was going to be the next Christine St. Clair. That is so unfair. That's like, yo, who's going to be the next Connor McDavid? Excuse me? Like, I just don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. And that was kind of this pressure that this poor player in Jordan Heidema, you know, was given and she didn't ask for it. And then suddenly it's like this light bulb went off and it's like, no, it's not going to be one player. It's going to be scoring by committee. It's going to be certain tactics. It's going to be a certain way that Bev Priestman needs to kind of line everybody up on the field. Um, and that's how you fill those shoes. So I think it's going to be more by committee than anything, Jason. And and we've seen that, right? We've already in those last two qualifiers against Jamaica with Bev Priestman playing this 3-5-2, uh, you already saw a system starting to develop that no longer includes Christine St. Clair because she was always the number nine. You plopped her at the front, get her the ball, let her do the work. Yeah. That's over and done with. That's just not going to happen, right? Yeah. Uh, is Janine, I think Janine Becky's obviously the, the best striker Canada has now. And, and it's unfair for anyone to say, okay, well, now they're going to look at her to replace all the goals because I don't think it's fair for one person, but mm. you're still going to need to rely on somebody to be yeah. kind of your go to. Is it going to be Janine or is there someone else? Well, I mean, with Janine, we'll, we'll see because she obviously um, is fantastic on that wing, and that's why they missed her greatly at the World Cup, obviously recovering from an ACL injury. But Adriana Leon has stepped up big time. And I think if you're looking maybe at that out-and-out number nine, obviously there's still hope that Jordan Heidema can kind of be that middle player. Uh, we've looked at Chloe Lacasse. Again, these are players that bomb in from the wings. They have a ton of speed. But Chloe Lacasse looks fantastic. Um, Nichelle Prince. Deanne Rose has been dealing with injuries. She'll be back in this camp. So, I mean, I could go on and on. Even in your midfield position, people, we all love Jesse Fleming. This is the face of this team as well. I wouldn't be surprised if she's given the armband. So, you know, there's so many I could name that could really fill those shoes. But, you know, Adriana Leon really put in a lot of goals for this team, um, despite her not having a settled pro career. She signed with Manchester United. We were all stoked. We're like, oh, my goodness, right? Like, there's a Canadian plane, you know, for Man U. Didn't get any playing time. Had to make the move to NWSL. Wasn't getting the playing time that she wanted. Now she's back in the WSL. Um, So hopefully, you know, that'll work out for her. But no matter what, she always showed up and contributed to the national team and scored goals. So, and then Chloe Lacasse to me is somebody who's on the up and up. And then you're right. When Janine Becky is healthy and ready to go, watch out because she can play in so many places on that pitch. And I, I, I can't stress it enough, Jason, how much Janine Becky was missed at the World Cup. Uh, I think some people just, you know, forget or maybe just didn't realize how important she is to that lineup. Andy, so Christine Sinclair announces her retirement from international. But has she mentioned anything about professionally? Um, yeah. And okay, so she has. And how does the Hall of Fame work? <laughs> I'm just question. curious so, what goes down there because obviously, I mean, if this is ice hockey, it's just first ballot. She just walks in, and obviously, it's not. But she's the best player on the planet, the most successful man or woman to ever come along yeah. and score internationally. So, how does this work? 
Well, I think with the Canada Soccer Hall of Fame, like you're putting her in. I, 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 don't, I don't think there's any waiting period. That's actually a really good question because I never looked into whether or not you have to like wait a certain amount of time after you've retired. I don't think so. Um, she's automatic into that Hall of Fame, that's for sure. And yes, yeah, so she made the announcement that she's definitely going to play one more year with the Portland Thorns. In fact, they're in the playoffs. So after these two games here, November 5th, their semifinal kicks off. So she'll be playing in that. They are the reigning champions. So she's going to try and go for another title with Portland Thorns. Here's my other guess. And maybe in a year, Jason, you can hold me to this. My educated guess. She's going to play one more year with Portland. And if everything goes according to plan with Diana Matheson's Project 8, which, of course, is to get the domestic league here in Canada. Yeah. She's hoping to launch in 2025. So my guess is one more year Portland Thorns and then Christine will play one more year pro, but it will be in Project 8. She'll play in that first year of that league, get it going, lend her her status to it as she should. Try to get people to come out to games, and then I think she will sail into the sunset. Yeah, well, that—that's my prediction. Well, that makes a lot of sense. So, you know, like I think Christine kind of understands, and she doesn't have to. I'm going to make that abundantly clear. If she chose to walk away, sure. I would never hold it uh, against any player. But, um, you know, obviously she's still in, in pretty good shape. She's she's still very effective. Um, you know, she's you know she's Portland, one of their best players still. So, you know, I, I don't think that uh, in in two years that everything's just going to fall apart for her by any stretch. So, you know what? Um, you know. It's, Diane Masson's a teammate. Hey, come on, Sins or whatever they call her. Uh, I'm sure they could uh, convince Sinky to uh, <laughs> to get in uh, to play, and and that would be a huge one. It's like look at Messi right now in Florida, right? Like he comes in and people are. Now I'm not saying that the the crowd's going to be there, but there'd be a lot of young uh, Canadian soccer fans oh, yeah. who would want to go watch her to say, "Hey, I got to watch one of the all time greats live." And, and I think she'd perform very well. So I like that prediction. Uh, it, it makes a lot of sense to, to kind of see uh, what's going to come up next uh, in regards to, to her career and uh, potentially where she can go uh, from there. Now, um, what about like like her legacy? Is it is it too easy to, to kind of write her legacy? Um, you know what? I, I think her this is the thing whenever you're talking about people who have done things that have rallied a nation, you risk being a little too hyperbolic, but at the same time, you don't want to do her such a disservice that you don't talk about what she's meant to this country. And I think for people, you have to understand um, a lot of people never really talked about soccer. A lot of people still aren't really fans of soccer, but they know who Christine Sinclair is. That's when you know you've transcended a sports barrier. When even if your sport is still not the most popular, you're still a name people know because you made people feel things that, again, only sports can really make you feel. This was a country who wasn't expected to do much. They were dead last at the 2011 World Cup. They go to the Olympics in 2012. They take on their arch nemesis, the Americans in the semifinal. Christine Sinclair scores a hat trick. The look in her eye, she put that team on her back and said, follow me. And then it was a referee decision that ruined it for Canada. And then they lose that game to the United States. But then we all heard it. Like everyone came out afterwards and said she went into that locker room and everyone was brought to tears when she said there is no way we're going home without a medal. And they bring home the bronze. Then at the 2016 Olympics, she said the same thing. This, by the way, was coming off of a home World Cup in 2015 where, you know, she gets that crucial goal against China in the opening group stage game to make sure that at a home World Cup, you don't get embarrassed. You know, they end up getting eliminated in the quarterfinals. But this is also somebody who at the 2016 Olympics, when they got bronze again, had no problem telling the country, I'm ticked off with this color. I didn't want this color. I wanted it to be better than bronze. And then, of course, the whole mantra going into Tokyo was change the color. And they did just that. And I thought it was pretty prophetic that she scored the opening goal for Canada and Tokyo. But in that gold medal game, it was the youngsters. It was the next generation. It was a lot of the players who she helped inspire, even start playing the game, who stepped up because that game went to penalties. They scored the goals. She's an Olympic champion. She brought this nation to its feet. She brought this nation together when it never thought it could come together over the sport of soccer. So, um, like, yeah, if I'm trying to talk about some legacy here, that's the best I can say is, like, again, even if you're not a fan of the sport, you know her name. That says something. 
you think she'll stay connected by coaching, managing, scouting? Has she mentioned anything? She said, she, she goes, oh, man, I have no interest in coaching. Um, but maybe she would be like a striker coach. So she'd be a specialty coach. She's mentioned that, uh, not uh, an actual team coach. So she's she said that that could be a possibility. But who knows? I mean, Sinclair, she's an introvert, right? Like she's something special. Oftentimes, you know, the athletes, because the athlete is bigger than life, we want the person to be bigger than life. But sometimes the person is like the ultimate introvert and just wants to be left alone. So it's always this constant tug of war because you always want so much of their time. But to them, when they give you their time as an athlete, they're like, no, 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 that's enough. When I go on that field for 90 minutes, that's my time. Leave me alone. <laughs> right. So honestly, Terry, I just I, I keep picturing that like that Homer Simpson gif where he just disappears into the bushes. Like, I just kind of feel like that would be Christine, where she's like, all right, I played my final game now, whoop, and then bye-bye. Uh, but I will say this, I do think she'll lend her voice a lot more to the women's game, right, trying to get that domestic league, trying to help bridge that gap between prize money. And, you know, so I, I think she's definitely going to lend her expertise a little bit more now to that fight that happens off the pitch. Andy Petrillo joins us on Monday afternoons here on Sports 1440. Uh, we have uh, quite the rematch, uh, Andy, in the uh, CPL final uh, this coming weekend. Uh, who do you like? Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. I, you know what? I, I flip a coin, man. This is what I love about this final uh, is that you can make an argument for both. So you have uh, Cavalry and you have Forge, which I love that this is a rivalry as well, by the way, that happened organically. Oftentimes we think rivalries are like geographical. So if you're close to each other, that's what it'll be. Like it's Toronto, Maple Leafs and the Montreal Canadiens or, you know, or it's like Edmonton and Vancouver. But like oftentimes your rivalry just has to happen on its own. And this is what's happened between a team in Hamilton and a team in Calgary. It makes zero sense, but because they faced each other in Canadian championship play, because they faced each other as well in the first ever final of the Canadian Premier League in 2019 uh, and the, and the in-betweens, this, uh, this is a great rematch. And, you know, I think I kind of explained it before how the CPL is doing the playoffs this year. They already played each other in the playoffs. It was a semifinal playoff game, if that's what we're going to call it, to determine who would go straight to the final. Okay. Forge won. Cavalry could Cavalry is the best team in the regular season this year. They had an incredible year. So for a longer period of time, they are the better team. Then come playoff time, they can't beat Forge. They lost to Forge. They had to go through Pacific, the team in Vancouver, on Vancouver Island. Now they beat Pacific. First ever time they win a playoff game. Now they get this rematch with Forge. So it's kind of like the, the history that's between these two teams. And I, I can't tell you because, again, Cavalry over the season, of course, they're the better team. Forge uh, is a team that's won the CPL title three of the last four years. You're not exactly counting a team like that out. So that's why it's just like get the popcorn, sit down, watch, because who knows? Once that final whistle goes, anybody, anybody's guess who's going to win. Um, the Vancouver Whitecaps were the only uh, Canadian team to uh, to make the uh, the playoffs. Um, mm. Toronto and Montreal, uh, where are they at in your eyes? What has to happen in the off season? Yeah, I mean, congratulations to Vancouver. They're going to be playing uh, LAFC, the defending MLS Cup champions. And I feel like, again, that could be a coin toss uh, between those two teams. So Vancouver is the lone Canadian representative. But for CF Montreal and Toronto, I mean, Toronto, that's an easy one. It was an abysmal year. It was their worst year on record. Um, coaching change, uh, you know, big money spent on two of these, uh, the Italians who can't produce fracturing within the team. Uh, they make the announcement as well of, you know, John Herdman on August 28th that he's going to be the head coach, but he doesn't actually coach his first game until October 21st. It was all very bizarre. Who knows what's going on there? Like, I don't know, drop a bomb, just blow it all up and then try to <laughs> pick up the pieces. Like, that's literally what I would say with Toronto. It is that bad. Hmm. Um, so I'm going to, you know, a lot of people are going to be keeping a close eye on that off season because major changes need to happen. Uh, and if they don't, then it's the same old, same old. Unless all of a sudden John Herdman truly is this master motivator that we've all said that he is. And he can suddenly find something in these players, you know, to play for next year. But with CF Montreal, I think what was really disappointing is that a lot of what happened with them wasn't even so much on the field as it was off. A lot of people, former employees, 
And if they weren't former, they're former now because mm-hmm. they all took to social media and completely bashed ownership. And they said, you're not spending money. You're trying to operate on a shoestring budget. And it really showed. I mean, this was a team on decision day, which was this past weekend. They, Their fate wasn't exactly in their own hands. They needed uh, the New York Red Bulls to lose. The New yeah. York Red Bulls score a goal in the 94th minute. Like, are you freaking kidding me? So it eliminates CF Montreal. They did everything they can. Hernan Losada, the new coach, did everything he can with that squad to get them even where they were. Um, but I think a lot of fans, like, they're not stupid. They look at the ownership and said, you didn't spend any money. We lost massive players in the offseason, and you did nothing to replace them. So, again, that's an offseason where I think a lot of people are going to say, are they going to finally open up the wallet, and are they going to bring in some good players here? So that's um, TFC to me, rebuilt, CF Montreal, spend money and bring in some key players. Andy, great stuff. Uh, great to talk to you as always. We will chat with you next Monday. Thanks for having me. That is Andy Petrillo from One Soccer and uh, CBC. Uh, 420, when we return, your chance to qualify, to get in, where you can win prizes for yourself, but most importantly, you're going to be able to gift someone a brand new furnace. We'll tell you how next on the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440 Live on Orders Nation YouTube, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Welcome back. As it is time, we've got a lot of text to get to in a second, but it's time... For help your neighbor. This is uh, the second year we have done this. Uh, we team up and a uh, big shout out to uh, Legacy Heating and uh, Cooling because uh, they're very generous as uh, they, supply, they supply the grand prize. And uh, part of the, uh, uh, the prize for the nominator. So here's, here's how it works. Every day in the four o'clock hour, this starting today all the way for the next four weeks, we will have a contest where you can qualify to help your neighbor. Now, it doesn't have to be your neighbor, per se, but uh, somebody who resides outside of your home, somebody who has to own their own home, and they have to reside uh, within 100 kilometers of Edmonton, which is, you know, pretty good range, east, north, south, or west. Today will be our first qualifier. And uh, then you are, you're the qualifier. You're essentially the nominator for somebody because you're going to nominate someone in your circle, whether it's a coworker family member who can, does not reside with you, right? A friend, a neighbor, just somebody you know who is in need of a new furnace, right? Because when we originally thought of the contest, I was like, well, what if somebody who wins it just want a new furnace, just has a new furnace, right? That's not good. We want to want to help other people. And it worked out incredibly well last year. There was lots of people who know someone who is going through a tough time. Uh, we all know that bills are super tight right now. So this isn't for you. This is going to be for someone else. Now you do get something. Uh, you get to go into the draw um, to uh, win the Google Nest or Echo Smart Thermostat, and you get a pair of seats to the Oilers Wild Game on Friday, December 8th. Pretty fun night out. It's always good to reward yourself by helping out someone else, but you'll probably feel better when you get to gift them the uh, furnace from Legacy Heating. So, first day, we're going to make it very easy. You can text in 833-401-1440. You include your first name. We obviously will have your phone number. And for today, to make it easy, the code word will be legacy. Text in the word legacy and your name, one entry per person. And then uh, we will pick someone. Connor will call you. We'll announce the name and you'll be the first person in. And then you will have a few weeks to decide. I mean, actually, you know, we'll probably call you to assure you. I think we have to call you, get you on the air for the legalities of the contest. So we'll do that. All right. So 833-401-1440. Some days we'll have callers. Some days we'll maybe even do trivia. But today it's going to be very easy. It's first day. Everybody's in. Your name and the word legacy. 833-401-1440. Imagine being able to gift someone a brand new high efficiency Furnace. It's a two-stage standard uh, gas furnace. Comes with the uh, Honeywell T4 thermostat. Uh, gets all your permits, the inspection fee, all that's covered. They're even going to remove and dispose of the old furnace in the house. You get a five-year labor and 10-year parts warranty. It's great value. Remember, the person you're going to gift it to has to own their home and reside within 100 kilometers of Edmonton. So there you go. 
833-401-1440. We'll give everybody, because I know some of you listen online, you're like, hey, there's a delay. I'm getting screwed over. Don't worry. Don't worry. We will give uh, three minutes to text in. Away we go. Meanwhile, we have uh, lots of text to get to. Uh, TR's rant uh, definitely uh, hit somebody. Uh, guys, after a tell TR I would pay for his flight and whatever else he needs to come here to sign a one-day contract just to play against Rasmus Anderson. That one comes from Doug. Well, hey, if you did it once before, TR, I'm sure he could lace him up just to toss the mitts one more time, eh? Oh, yeah, that fires me up, honestly, as a player. That that was one thing that used to really bother me, you know, when someone had hunted like that. Just that's, like I said before, I, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but that was beyond necessary. Yes. Uh, it was completely irresponsible and uh, I think deserves huge punishment. But, uh, yeah, look, when I left home to play, when when I say this, I hope people don't think I'm trying to be this big tough guy. When I left at home, it was about scoring. And, you know, whenever I stepped onto the ice, the first thing on my mind was how am I going to get that puck into that net and keep it out of mine? Like that, always. But things happen in the game, and especially I'm I'm happy I went to the Western Hockey League. I really am. It it taught me a lot. If nothing else, how to be a teammate. And maybe sometimes if I seem too passionate, I'd rather be that way than the other way. And I learned that through hockey, and that's the way it goes. And if Rasmus Anderson did that while I played in any league that I was in, There'd be, you know, I definitely try to try to help in uh, bringing them down. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fair. Hey, guy, hey, how would Shorzy handle it, Tr? <laughs> oh God, oh, it comes from Scott. Yeah, he wouldn't try it in the no show. I don't think he'd try it in the no show. Uh, suspensions there don't uh, they're few and far between, and often lifted when it comes to Shorzy. But I'd say he would handle it by a cross check right in the face. To be honest. Yeah. Uh, hey, guys, why don't have a Ryan's fancy segment? As a proud Newfoundlander, I'm sure he'll get the reference from Rockford. <laughs> Ryan's fancy. Yeah, yeah. yeah a, a band. Oh, okay. Yeah, a, a good uh, a good band. Uh, Ryan's fancy, I guess, in the vein of a lot of other. If I say to you, Greg's, do you, if, if I say like Newfoundland traditional music, w- would Irish music pop into your head? I often wonder if people realize. Yeah, Irish Celtic music. Yeah. Like it's not all like, I mean, we've got bands, uh, you know, that aren't but long distance runners who open up my podcast. They're not really Irish. Yeah. Uh, you know, there are all kinds. Um, but for me, it's a part of our identity that, you know, that traditional, that great big C. Uh, the Irish Descendants. Now, we've got great rock and rollers. They're the Novaks. It's probably my favorite rock and roll band from here. Brothers in Stereo. Lots of great music. We're an artistic province, and especially downtown St. John's. You know, there's always a live band or live music playing. Poetry being read. Uh, art museums, you know, chinched. It's a very artistic place. But um, I, when it comes to Newfoundland, I really take pride in our, in our heritage. And, and I guess that tweaks towards the Irish. I think that we're Irish, English, and Scottish descendants for the most part on this island. That's over 90%. But whatever reason, the the Irish accent, I think, and maybe the Irish music has kind of dominated our art scene a little bit. All right. I do like this question from Sean. TR, how would you have handled it if you're one of Rasmus Anderson's teammates? A hundred percent. 100% 100% give him an absolute reaming in the room. You're putting me in a bad position. You just did that. Right now you put all of us on high alert, especially our players like Patrick Line. not that I would be one of them. You know, I don't know that that don't need that, that aren't physical, that, you know, are, are going around trying to play the same game. Because for me, again, as a player, it wouldn't just be Rasmus. I would, I would make sure that he paid. It wouldn't always be you know, by hitting him, I, 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 I really, the last thing I would want as a player, I hate that stuff is this headhunting guys for no reason, but I don't know. You just gave me no option. Rasmus. You really did. Now, every other player, every score on your team, especially if we end up playing you in the playoffs, now you've just started something right now. I'm going to come at anybody and I'm mad and I'm going to do it. And not only am I going to hurt you, I'm going to see if I can finish every check. 
on your teammates. I'm going to be as hard as I possibly can. You just opened up a ball of wax for no reason. There was no reason behind it. That's I guess that's the most frustrating thing to me is there's no reason for it. Now, not only have you enraged another team, and honestly, if it's me, by extension, a union, but you know, your whole team's going to have to pay for it now. So it's not only irresponsible for yourself, I think it's un- irresponsible as a player on your team, as, as a teammate. I like it. Uh, Connor Halley is going to, uh, I think he's, uh, he's going through all of the, uh, the texts right now, and uh, he puts it in the machine, and then he picks a random uh, number, then he'll get the texter and he'll call them, and uh, they come on the air and uh, to uh, ensure that they are our first qualifier for Help Your Neighbor, where you are going to win a gift for yourself, which gets the uh, Echo B Smart Thermostat, or the Google Nest for your home. Get that all installed from Legacy. And get a pair of great seats in the lower bowl where the orders attack twice against the Wild on a Friday, December 28th. Who, likes, who doesn't like a little Friday game? Should be fun. And then, maybe most importantly, not maybe, for sure, if your name's picked out on Monday, the 20th of November, in a month from today, then you will be able to gift a brand new high-efficiency furnace to someone in that you know, whether it's a co-worker, family member, friend, you name it, neighbor, anybody that you know who needs a furnace. So this gives you a little time to research to say, hey, this is who I know. Now, the only rules are the person has to own their house that you're gifting it to. They have to reside uh, from 100 kilometers uh, within Edmonton. And they cannot be your spouse or partner, right? common law, whatever it is. You cannot reside in the same place as they do. Okay? So that's uh, that's the only rule. It's pretty good. So uh, I hear con man uh, on the phone right now. Dialing up. If your phone's ringing from a number, be sure to answer it. All right. Cons will call you twice. If you don't answer, it's just bad luck. It goes to the uh, next person. All right. Cons, who's our uh, qualifier today? The qualifier today is Chris. Chris, congratulations. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Jason. How are you? Hey, I'm excellent, man. Uh, you are the first qualifier, the second annual Help Your Neighbor. So you're going to have a 1 in 20 chance to win the prize uh, for yourself, but more importantly, for someone else. Do you know anyone right off the top of your head that is in need of a new furnace? Um, not a hundred percent sure. My brother's in an old, older house, so um, he might uh, he might be a qual he might be a qualifier or somebody that needs one. So all right, I'm well. just not sure if they've gotten one. Well, there not. you go. You got a few weeks to figure it out. So uh, you do do a little research because what happens is once we have all the qualifiers and Connor calls us, so we know who you're going to recommend before we do the draw. So uh, that's the only other stipulation okay. I should put in. So you got a few weeks. And then, uh, you know what, uh, Connor's going to get all your email and everything off the air, and then um, uh, we'll get all that information leading up to it. But uh, congratulations, and uh, you are in. Okay, sounds good. All right, there you go. Uh, the other thing is every qualifier, I should mention, uh, they get a Sports 1440 hat as well. So um, we'll get you a hat. So you win something automatically. There you go. So uh, we'll do it again tomorrow in the 4 o'clock hour. When we come back, we have uh, five questions. Also, uh, spec Kevin Woodley will join us at 520. Many of you I know are waiting with our goalie segment with Kevin Woodley. Uh, lots on the orders. Uh, the new site, the new edge at the NHL, you know, it has a lot of different things. Shot velocity, high danger, mid range. Kevin's been tracking a lot of this with Sport Logic and other places. Um, uh, clear site analytics for years. Does he see similarities? That's coming up at 520 on the Jason Greger show with Terry Ryan. Presented by PlayAlberta.ca, live on Sports 1440 and Orders Nation YouTube. It's actually true. My son wanted to play flag football, so I've been teaching him. I'm like Kramer, man. Crushing the nine-year-olds, ten-year-olds. Hey, you know what? You got uh, uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with crushing your uh, your kids in sports. Teaches them character. <laughs> Obviously, I'm joking. Well, kind of. So, well, you know what? You read all the books, and when they're a young age, they need to win a little bit, and and then it slowly erodes. And now it's like, you know what? Hey, um, certain things, um, I definitely have to try a lot harder than I used to. There's no doubt about that. Um, uh, my my son was doing cross country. I, 
like I think I might be able to beat him maybe in a kilometer race. Definitely in longer than one kilometer, but in a kilometer be tight. Like he was running sub five uh, minutes um, this past year. So I was like, Phew. nine years old. So yeah, I was there. And he wasn't even the fastest kid in his class. Yeah, this Henry kid, he just couldn't beat him. Well, Henry was crushing it. So there you go. TR, can you, are you a runner? Can you run? Nah, it's, I, I got to do it for ball hockey, right? I do a lot of running, but I, I hate long distances. And the reason, I guess I just, I find it really hard to go outside after, after, being so athletic and playing team sports, they're just to run in one direction and just like run and just just go in that direction for three hours. I, I just find it like, why can't I just have a ball? Like at least give me volleyball or something. At least <laughs> yeah. give me a basketball. I'm not great, but just put me out on the court. I'll get the running in, but I need a a, 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 a ball or a, a point of a sport is almost hypnotic to me. Yeah. I don't realize I'm going as hard as I. Do. That's why every day, honestly, I. At least five days a week, I'm out there playing shinny. We got a good group here, like former pros and senior players at, at noon. Because I like to get it in. I go way harder than I go at the gym. I know that. So I try to play ball hockey or ice hockey every day. And that's generally how I stay in shape because I hate running so much. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I respect the runners. It's such a mental grind. No question about it. Now you see, though, like the world records, like the marathon in two hours. Like, are you kidding me? That is That is one of the greatest individual feats i have seen man like it is unreal to be able to run that fast that's like running 100 meters in 15 seconds for two consecutive hours just so you know people think how many people can run a 100 meter dash in 15 seconds right now i'm gonna guess Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Maybe 40% of the population. Maybe. So, mm. and, uh, and that number would get lower the older we get for sure. So let's just say anybody under the age of 50, maybe 50% of people under the age of 50 could run a 100 meter in 15 seconds, but then you got to do that for two straight hours. Uh, trust me, there's very few, maybe none of us other than the select marathon freaks who can do it. And, and I say freaks in a polite way because that is, that's amazing, man. It's utterly amazing to be able to push yourself that fast, that long. And be like, yeah, I got it, baby. And like they, when they cross the finish line, they don't even look tired. Nuts to me. And then go out every day <laughs> and work on it. And like just to get like, oh, great. I just went two hours and I got a fraction of a second better. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, like, wow. I find it <laughs> absolutely. I really admire it. No, I totally no, with you, like, man. To me, it's a real mental grind. Like yeah. I got to really, really get to the point that Jason, honestly, you asked me. I do. I go out if, if I haven't done anything all day. And I need some cardio. I'll run, but I, I go out and I'll like pick two telephone poles and I'll sprint between those and then I'll walk. Then I'll fast walk. I'll, oh, okay. I'll jog hard. Then I'll sprint. I got to mix it up. Do you man. mix? Are you, be, do you have like a race walking? Do you race walk? I don't <laughs> look funny doing it like the Olympic runners, but I, yeah, I'll get, yeah, I just, just see TR out there me. wiggling his hips. Hey, what's happening down the street? Oh <laughs> yeah, no, my God. Take it all in, ladies. Take it all in. <laughs> no. Uh, and I'm let's... usually on like one of the trails. Mostly. I don't like going out on the street either. <laughs> okay. 
Oh, God, we got to get a video of you race walking. Gosh, that's so funny, man. Like, I, you know what? Race walking, again, I have all the respect for people who do it. I don't understand why, though. Like, of all the athletic endeavors no. I'd want to try, race walking, I'm sorry. Right? I, I don't like, and, and can, can it, we got some great race walkers right now in the country. Good for them. I'm just like, I'm sorry. That's not. How do you get into it? Like dressage. Does someone grow up and go, you know what? I want to be the best race walker when they're like eight. Yeah. I want to be. Maybe. Some some little girls out there saying, I want to be Christine Sinclair. Someone is saying, I want to be the best race walker on the planet. Yeah. Evan Dunfrey, right? Isn't he the uh, Evan Dunphy? I think he's the, uh, the best. I have right? no idea oh, because yeah, yeah. I'm being honest with you. You said I got all the respect for them. I don't. I should. I feel bad that I don't, but I don't have a whole lot of no. respect for it or else. I, I mean, I could lie to you and say I did. I'm sure they're athletes. I have respect for their cardio, whatever they do. They're the mm-hmm. best at it. But I, you know, it's on TV. And like they must I'd be good dancers, man. Like, man noise. They must be good dancers. Like they got some swivel in their hips. They got it. They got to be able to move their hips around for sure. Right. But it's like dressage. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Anybody who does dressage. But seriously, what are we doing? I'm just not into it. What are we doing? Let's get to five questions now brought to you by The Brick. And you know what you can do with The Brick right now? Right now, it's the Scratch and Save event. And you only have a few days left, so you can get up to 40% more savings. There is over $115,000 in instant prizes to be won. Check it out right now for the next few days at The Brick and TheBrick.com. It's time for five questions on The Jason Greger Show. All right, guys, question number one. Uh, In the absence of Connor McDavid, for however long it may be, which oiler do you think is most likely to step up and take advantage of the opportunity? I'd like to see Holloway, like I said. I hope they give him the chance. But who's most likely? I would think Kane. Now, is that stepping up? He's already a big guy on the team, but that's what I'll go with. Um. Yeah. Well, he's he's the guy who needs to step up, right? Like Holloway, Nugent Hopkins, Drysdale produced. Um. You know, Fogle. Could he go in a little bit of a heater? I guess. But yeah, Kane's the obvious answer. Uh, I'm going to say though, the people that need to step up the most are going to be the goaltenders. That leads uh, great into my next question. Who do you think is the Oilers' best goaltender, and how close is it when it comes to the debate? Well, right now. And the, and the great part about this question is, Cons, what my answer is today could be very different in two or three weeks. But right now, today, I think it's Jack Campbell. Um, you know what? There, there's some numbers you, you can look at for, for Campbell. You know, save percentage obviously favors Jack Campbell. But then, you know, you kind of dig a little bit deeper into the numbers and, uh, you know, like save shots, like high danger chances. Um, Campbell has faced 20, has faced 25. He stopped 19. He has a 760 save percentage. Skinner's faced 15. He stopped eight. So 533 save percentage. Not good. Mid range shots. Campbell, 943 save percentage. Skinner, 842. Long range shots. Campbell's perfect. Hasn't allowed one. Skinner, 889. So right now it's Jack Campbell. Yeah. I mean, it's tight, right? And, um, they both have, have, have had some consistently issues, consistency issues, but, I don't know, Campbell. Look, I, I, he's a guy that I've always thought had a, had a few holes there, but he has been at times a real good goalie. He, of the two, he's the veteran presence, and he made the NHL All Star team one year. Uh, so, and he has better numbers right now. So, for those reasons, I will say Campbell slightly ahead. Question number three: With the season over for the Elks, what if any changes do you see happening to this team? Uh, when it comes to coaching staff front office? Well, I mean, I don't think I'm qualified to answer this, but what I do know is that, is it uh, Chris Jones, right? He's the GM and he's the coach. And doesn't he have another role with the team or two? Yeah, he's a defensive coordinator, yep. Okay, so I know that much. I think obviously you would probably lighten his load a little bit, but who am I to say? Connor, this is a fantastic question because there has to be change in the in the management structure of the team. There just has to be. You can't bring back. I outlined the numbers. As GM and head coach and DC, because he's done all three for five years in Saskatchewan and Edmonton, Chris Jones has a record of 35 wins and 55 losses. He is 8-28 and 28 in Edmonton. Back-to-back four and 14 seasons. 
how, how can you how can you bring that back again? It makes no sense to me. So um, there's going to be a change with Jones. I just don't know. Is it going to be everything? Will he agree to stick in in one role? That's and the problem is the GM job is the one role that he's had the least success at. When he was just a head coach in D.C., he had a success. He won because he had a GM who did the scouting and everything else, kept him kind of in place. As a GM, no. So I'm going to say all three will be new because I'd be surprised if Chris Jones, the only way I think it could work because they worked together before is if they brought in Ed Hervey because he worked with Chris Jones and Chris Jones could say, okay, I've had success with Ed. I get it. But that's that's a pretty big what if. Question number four with the NBA season quickly approaching. Who do you think will win the league's MVP this season? It's a great question, Cons. I, I look at this year and man, there is there's a lot of parity at the top in the NBA. There's lots of teams like the LA Lakers. Remember they were terrible last year to start. I think they were like two and twelve or something ridiculous, and then they actually improved quite a bit. And they they've got some good depth behind uh, their two big men in, in LA. Obviously, uh, Phoenix has a lot. The Golden State Warriors are still very good. Uh, we see Damian Lillard now uh, with the Greek Freak in, in Milwaukee. Uh, you have the Celtics. You got the 76ers. Man, there's lots of good teams at the top. So MVP, it's hard to go against a joker. You didn't win last year. The guy gets triple doubles um, for fun. So I'll go with a joker. It's a great pick. Guys, midsummer, I would have said Jason Tatum. But since Lillard, since the Lillard trade, I'll say Giannis. Ooh, I like it. I think it, I think it changed the... I think it turned the tables enough that if I had to be a betting man right now, which I never do at the beginning of the season, but that's who I'd bet bet, bet on. And uh, Giannis reportedly agreeing to a three-year extension worth $186 million just uh, in the last couple minutes here. So Really? Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? They went out and the ownership did because he talked about, hey, remember? And he was honest. He just said, hey, I, yeah, I might go somewhere where I feel I have a better chance to win. Well, they went out and they got him a really good player. Now he stays mm-hmm. there. So there you go. And, final- and, a, and a good player that's not a nut, by the way. A lot of these basketball guys that move every year, yeah. you can't predict anything. But I think Lillard's the real deal, and I think he'll help. Sorry, go ahead. All right, final question, guys. Uh, Doug Flutie celebrating his birthday today. So my question for you guys, who, in your opinion, we're talking all time here, is the best or your favorite undersized athlete? Now, I'm going to go with my favorite undersized athlete story first, okay? I'm going to keep this brief, but in, God, I'm going to say the 40s or 50s, the Chicago White Sox brought up to bat Eddie Goodell. And Eddie Goodell, I don't know how you say it today, uh, politically correct, little person, I think. Sure. Um, He was three foot odd, and he's one of the only major leagues ever had one at bat, and he got a walk, okay? So to me, and he, he was a little bit of a folk hero. Yeah. I love the story. I love that it went down. Um, it kind of finishes a little bit tragic. He he got killed walking home from a bowling alley, as I as I believe it. Um, he was about 40 years old. He wasn't an old man. And he's a little bit of a folk hero. And I believe to this day, like his autograph goes for like big money because there's not many of them. That's definitely my favorite story. Um but my favorite small athlete would probably be Diego Maradona. I mean, I remember everybody. I remember as a kid, people telling me soccer was boring and then going, I don't understand. Like, cause I would watch that guy and he would just be so dynamic. And I realize now looking back that how unique he was. And I don't find soccer that boring, but I'm saying at the time, I just remember that being a contradiction in my head. And the last thing I will say guys. So there's my two favorites. I apologize because I often say these things, and I want people to trust my word. And a a couple of shows ago, I mentioned to you that Sheb Woolley, the musician who wrote uh, Purple People Eater in the 60s, was in Shawshank. Now, he wasn't, but James Whitmore was, and they were on Rawhide together when they were younger. So what happened, I looked into it. I said, I was positive about that. But Rawhide, Clint Eastwood, the first, first screen time Clint Eastwood ever got, so I found the show interesting as a kid, but I guess I mixed them both up yeah, uh, because fair. they were both in it at two or three episodes at least together. And I thought all the way that Sheb Woolley was James Whitmore, and they don't look too far different. But anyway, there was at least some truth in the nucleus of my story, but I wanted to correct myself. Otherwise, I mean, how can I call myself a man of my word if I'm lying on the air? 
All right, TR. I like it. Um, and Diego Maradona was 5'5", five, five, so uh, he definitely would qualify. Uh, I'm probably going to go with uh, Spud Webb. Um, you know what? Mm. Uh, you win the slam dunk competition. And uh, you're that tiny. It's... Uh, it's hard not to, right? He's five foot six, and uh, man, when he won it, he was like that was in the heyday of MJ and and a few other elite Dominique Wilkins, like elite dunkers. So I'll go with uh, Spud Webb. Cons? I mean, in the same conversation, he was a little taller, five nine, but Nate Robinson winning three dunk contests was always impressive. But as a homer, I got to go with a Charger and say Darren Sproles, five foot six, one ninety. Uh, Great little player in the backfield and great return man as well. So I go with Darren Sproles. 459. TR, have yourself a wonderful week. We will talk to you on Thursday. Thank you, Connor. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Edmonton. And I will see you guys again soon. I'll catch you on the rebound. There you go. That is uh, Terry Ryan, of course, from uh, Shorzy. He's got a love interest this year. That's why he's so happy right now. Well, Hitch's got a love interest in, in Shorzy. Check it out. Let's get to uh, Connor Halley and a Sports 1440 update brought to you by Edmonton Kubota, your number one stop. If you're looking for a compact BX tractor, because right now you can get one, 0% financing for 84 months. Shop online at edmontonkubota.com or go in-store just north of the Yellowhead on 156th Street. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Market.